Welcome to The Whole Marketer, where we look at the holistic skills the marketeers of today need to grow the brands and businesses of tomorrow. To ensure marketeers feel supported and empowered to have successful and fulfilling careers and lives as a whole. Hello and welcome to The Whole Marketer podcast. Today's podcast is about leadership and shortly I'll welcome today's guest, no other than Pete Markey, onto the podcast. I can't believe it's been almost two years since Pete was last on the podcast, episode 20 to be precise. Since then, he's taken on the role of CMO at Boots and in this podcast, we will discuss his lessons learned as a marketer and leader since joining Boots, as well as our big, usual, big, juicy questions on leadership and advice for marketers of tomorrow. So Pete, welcome back to the Whole Marketer podcast. It's great to be back with you, Abigail. Hello. So we're going to start with a big juicy question today before we go into the journey you've been on since you joined Boots. And today's big juicy question is, what is marketing leadership to you? I think marketing leadership is one of the most exciting things you can be part of and actually more excited to be in marketing leadership than ever before. I think it's about being a custodian of a brand and taking that brand forwards on a really exciting journey. You know, you get to, for a period of time, Time, look after something precious, exciting, and wonderful, and take it forwards and help grow it and nurture it. And you get to take a brilliant and amazing bunch of people with you. So for me, marketing leadership is around stewardship of an amazing asset in your brand. It's about developing and taking the team with you on an exciting journey. And it's about being a growth engine in the business and showing that marketing is the growth engine. Ultimate marketing leadership is showing a business tangibly that marketing is an investment and not a cost and convincing them that actually it's as important to invest in your brand and your performance marketing and all your channels as it is to invest in your website or your shops or your overall IT architecture. That's got to be the heart of marketing leadership. And the final bit I'll say on it is, and it's about championing the customer. It's about being the person in the business that is always saying, are we doing the right thing by the customer and our target segments and audiences? And are we winning for our customers and making a difference? I love everything you just said there, Pete, around looking after the marketers in your care, looking after the brand in your care, that guardianship, keeping that consumer at the heart and the customer at the heart of everything you do and really showing the business that the things that we invest in go broader than just those touch points and those physical things that we see. It's those things that become catalysts to driving that change and driving the business forward. I'm agreeing with you. I think it's just such an exciting moment to work in marketing. I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know, I'm a marketing geek. Hashtag sorry, not sorry. So Pete, I am so excited to have you back on the podcast. It's been two and a bit years since you last came on the podcast. Episode 20, to be precise, for those that want to go back and listen to the previous episode, when you were CMO at TSB. And since then, you've taken the role as CMO at Boots. And we were just chatting before, it's actually been two years since you took your seat as CMO at Boots. I've been following all the initiatives that you've launched since you've joined, which I love, 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 especially the menopause support. So I would love to hear more about your journey to date at Boots. Take us back, start from the top. What happened when you arrived at Boots? What made you take the challenge? Tell us it all. When you get a call about a brand like Boots, you've got to take that call. Boots is this phenomenal brand, a staple of the high street, growing in digital, 170 years old, the fabric of of the nation, but also something that I think has huge relevance in people's lives today. So I I viewed it as a challenge and an opportunity. And I was at a point also in my career where I worked for TSB, who still is an amazing business. I did feel like I'd done a lot of financial services. I'd been in insurance beforehand. I'd helped to launch post office money at the sub-brand at the post office. I'd then done banking. And I was itching for something new. And actually, Boots arrived at just the right moment to 
give me something new, exciting and challenging in an area that I hadn't previously, I had a bit of retail experience, but I hadn't got the full breadth of retail experience when I joined. But what I did have was experience around connecting with customers, using data and building brands, which is really what Boots were looking for. So over the last two years, what I've done is built a really brilliant, I've got an amazing team who are a mix of people that have been in Boots for a number of years and bring in a wealth of brilliant expertise and progressive thinking and people who've come in new from outside who brought some new energy and new thinking and you fuse the two together, you bottle the magic of what's there, you introduce what's new and it's resulted in a really brilliant mix of people. We've got a real sense of momentum in the business. You know, We've seen seven quarters of consecutive growth in the business through what we've done and real progress in how the business has traded over that time. And we've done that by regrowing the advantage card, falling back in love with loyalty and data, connecting with our customers more. We've grown the advantage card base by over 1.1 million active customers in the last year. We invested more behind our brands and our marketing. We've got a new purpose, which is Boots are with you for life through all the key moments in life. So we previously talked about let's feel good, but that just wasn't working or relevant anymore. Whereas with you for life is really at the heart of what Boots is. We're there in the highs, the lows, every moment of the fabric of life. And then we've got behind big moments. We've pushed more investment into summer, more into big moment at Christmas. We've launched something called Price Advantage on the Advantage card that gives you immediate benefits at point of sale online in store. We've taken the Advantage card above the line for the first time in 25 years. And we invested properly behind health again. And as you say, we've connected on really important topics like the menopause through a fantastic partnership with ITV in this morning where we had a menopause bus going around the UK giving advice and support to women and their families and partners. We had queues of people wanting to get on board the bus. We want to do more with ITV. That's really exciting as well. And then in the midst of that, Love Island. We've been the beauty partner for Love Island. This is the first winter series we've done, but it'll be the third year we've been involved. And it's a brilliant partnership with ITV and our products feature in the villa. They're in the show. So you're watching the show and there Sultan appears and supplier products appear. And it's done wonders for our brand health. It's done wonders for our sales growth and it's introduced the fantastic new beauty ranges that we've got in store to both new and existing customers as well. So I every day wake up and genuinely feel privileged to do what I do. This is an amazing brand. Like I said a moment ago at Marketing Leadership, I'm a steward of this brand. You know, there'll come a point, 10 years, whenever, when I'll hand this on to someone else and I want to leave this in a point where this amazing brand is still amazing and still loved and it's still as relevant as ever. And there's an equivalent of this, Abigail, in 170 years time when someone's looking back going, Boots is at 300 40 years old and we're still the fabric of it. Yeah, that's my mission because this thing, this wonderful thing that is Boots is just so precious and has such potential. So two years in, we've done a lot together, but I, what excites me is there's still so much more we can do and we're learning every day. Retail is very fast, very dynamic. You're always on your toes. You can never pat yourself on the back and say, great job yesterday. Let's put our feet up for 10 minutes, have a cup of tea. Literally, it's like, no, we're on to the next thing and the next thing. That's what's so exciting and I think has made this for me I think probably the best job I've ever done because it's so interesting. And when you work in a business where you're promoting health, beauty, wellness, pharmacy, you've got hearing care and opticians in our stable as well that I have some involvement with as well. It's just really exciting business to work in. So as I'm listening to you, I'm making assumptions around the strategy and I'll let you correct me in a second. There was a piece about what does our brand actually stand for? its purpose to allow it to really have that longevity and the way in which you can interact with multiple audiences. There was something around potentially strengthening your existing audience, bringing back the advantage cards and the benefits that come along with that. And there was also about recruiting new in with those partnerships that you did with Love Island and almost having certain brands within your portfolio like Sultan be reappraised. Is that a fair description? Yeah, that's a really good summary, actually. And I think the word I'd use to pull all that together is around brand relevance, which is it doesn't mean Boots wasn't. There's always a chance to make your brand even more 
reference to what customers need in their lives right now and making sure what you're offering, what you're doing is tied into that. So we do a lot of customer listening and each of our campaigns is built around, it sounds obvious, but built around a customer truth and a customer insight. So what we don't do is develop something in a silo and go, let's tell everyone what we're up to. Actually, it's what's going on in our customers' lives at that moment and then what's our answer to help. So if I look at the Christmas campaign we've just done, Joy for All, it was about meaningful gift gifts at Christmas during a cost of living crisis. And so the, the whole thought there was around it. It was about making that gifting experience magical and wonderful and seeing the positive difference you can make in people's lives when you give a really thoughtful gift at an affordable price. And that has really resonated based on the response and the feedback we've had. But that was driven all by that insight. So everything you said is right from the purpose of the brand connecting into the role we play in people's lives to reintroducing people to things we already do and introducing them to new things. It's all about lining ourselves up with our customers' lives today. I mean, look, I've worked in brands where, you know, if I look at some of my insurance days, where there's always a degree in nostalgia in a brand. So it'll take a brand like a, an Aviva. There's a history there. There's a Norwich history. And that history is not bad. It's, it's the foundations of your brand, but you can't stay in your history. You can't stay in the past. Aviva was formed in Norwich and you know, has all this history. Is that that useful to my life today? As I step into my new home and need home insurance, maybe less so. It helps me trust the brand, but I want to know what you're doing for me today. So I think what being able to do with Boots is build on this amazing foundation of health and expertise and add in new beauty, new health services and new things to do things like Health Hub, Online Doctor, more benefit from the Advantage card and line it up with what people want today and then say, look, this is Boots today. It's everything you know and love and it's more. And the way I describe it to our creative agency is there's a distinction in all of our work. I want people to see it and go, oh, wow, Boots, as opposed to, ah, good old Boots. Yeah, And it's a really important distinction. I don't want us to ever do work that feels like a comfortable pair of slippers Ah, good old boots, because we got 93% of brand awareness. People know that we are involved in health, pharmacy, and wellness and beauty. What's really important is I want people to have a wow moment of like, it's the boots you know, but wow, bigger, better, bigger range, brands you didn't know. We stopped services that you understand and you think are right that we do, but maybe you don't know we do. And that I think is really important because that's the bit around relevance, around staying important in people's lives. I get approached quite a lot from time to time about things like sports sponsorship. Something like, like sports sponsorship could be really powerful. I did it at Viva. But the reason I think that's less relevant for a brand like Boots is almost too obvious. A bit like, a, oh, look, hi, everyone. We're just reminding you again that we're involved in health and fitness. You know, everybody knows that. So what's been really important, I think, with things like Love Island is, is showing up in a way that is relevant, but a little bit unexpected. Showing products and brands and things that people maybe don't know we do or, or brands we stock, like New Beauty, like Drunk Elephant and other fantastic brands. That's the really exciting bit. And that's the nuance with Boots as a brand is we need more of those sorts of moments, more of those moments of wow boots and less of the comfy pair slipper moments. So what I'm hearing is that there was definitely a need to drive reappraisal of the Boots brand with its consumers and to do that in order to drive relevancy. So wow, it's Boots. How did you arrive at acknowledging that? Was it day one? Was it day 30? Was it day 90? Was it six months later? It was within the first few weeks, actually. I think I have a bit of a hypothesis whenever I walk in a business. I do a bit of due diligence through the interview process and visiting stores or you know, just being a customer myself of old and then just talking to people I know. It's not a bad place to start, but you never leave it there. And I never also arrive in a business with a kit bag of like, right, I'm going to change everything everything. It's just, just really unhelpful. So I arrive at the hypothesis and then I sort of test and challenge that myself over the first few weeks with the people I meet, the data that I gather on the brand and customers and what we do and listening and tuning in. I genuinely throw myself in the deep end. What I don't do is say, I'm going to attend a three-month induction and then I'll know you haven't got time for that. Literally, throw yourself in. If you don't know everything, learn and learn fast. So I was able to test that as I went and importantly, find amazing people who could teach me the business, teach me the brand and people who are still key members of my team today who are real experts 
experts in the way we operate and what we do. And as I mentioned earlier on, bringing in some new talent to sort of sit alongside that. But you should always start with a bit of a hypothesis, but be prepared to be wrong as much as right. Be prepared to challenge that. And what was evident and what appeared was this picture of this wonderful, amazing brand that actually, particularly through COVID, had done so much to help the nation with testing and vaccinations and actually wanted to come out of COVID even stronger and build on what we've done, bringing back that, I guess, high relevance through COVID and the health of the nation bit and, and use that as a platform to do even more and accelerate the brand. That, for me, was what became really clear. And also the fact we needed to invest more behind what we we're doing and tell more people about what we were doing. We're also a very humble brand, which I think is really important and I don't see that changing. But I think you can dial up a little bit of that humility by talking a bit more about what you're doing, but not in a show-offy way. So there's no work we do which is showing off about boots. The first campaign we did, which was summer 2021, was about feel good as new. And there were loads of things we'd done. We'd launched a whole bunch of new healthcare services. We brought a whole bunch of new brands, beauty brands into boots. It was amazing how the business had transformed. And then digital was phenomenal in terms of what we'd done. So there could have been one version of that campaign, which is like quite, oh, look at us, look at what we've done in boots. But what we found was there was this customer insight as we were emerging from lockdown where people wanted to get out and feel good as new again. They wanted to ditch the tracksuit bottoms and, and dress up and put makeup on and do the hair and feel healthy. And actually, that's how people feel. Boots have got all these new solutions that helps you do that. So that campaign became all about the insight, which is we know you're feeling like this and wow, at Boots, we can help with that. So that is, I think, a really important, I guess, template for the brand for me really, which is lining up our new news with the customer insight was quite a breakthrough moment. And we've largely done that on most of the campaigns since. So I think we can dial up being more confident, talking more about what we do, but we will never be an overconfident or overly shouty brand because I just don't think that's that's in our tone and shouldn't be. But yeah, that's why the, the listening to customers bit was really important when I came in and is, is even more important, I think now. So would it be fair to say that that insight, feeling good as new, which even as you just said, it resonated massively with me and it provided you with a platform for you to kind of reintroduce boots and drive that reappraisal. Would you say that's the piece of work that you're most proud of since you've arrived with you and your team or something else? I think it is in the context of starting a movement as a business to get back out again confidently. So I am super proud of that campaign and everyone that worked on it. And actually, Project named that Phoenix, and it was literally the Phoenix from the Flames coming back. I'm proud of it because it was a real team effort, actually, because it was not just marketing. And that's the lovely thing also about Boots. There should never be a moment when any of us can say, look at what we did in marketing. I mean, if I look at Christmas and summer and everything we've done, it's about all the business units, the trade deals, the products we sell, the brands we sell, our shops, com, how all of it holds together and the campaign. It's about all of that. If you don't get all that humming and working, you can't just have an amazing brand campaign and not have those other bits working. I know it's an obvious thing again to say, but often in some businesses, it can be all about the TV ad and none of the other stuff gets thought about. It boots more than anything. All that has to work. So I'm really proud of the combined team effort and what we achieved. So yeah, it's probably one of the things I'm most proud of. Alongside it would be relaunch the Advantage card with the first proper investment for 25 years, as I mentioned. And then the last two Christmases, particularly Christmas we just come through. I'm feeling now there's a real body of work we've done that we know that customers love because they're shopping more with us and the brand scores are so strong. We know team members in the business love it as well. And that also really matters to me. I want people that work in across our business to be able to say, that's our TV ad or that's our work. That's our Facebook post. That's our work with this morning. That's us on Love Island. That really matters. And importantly, we're driving really, really good growth as well. So yeah, no, I'm proud of the Phoenix campaign, but proud of everything that's come after because it's a reflection of a business with momentum. I'll keep talking about it. I work with amazing people. And there's a cliche about it. It's, it's all about teamwork. No, it genuinely, I, more than anywhere I've worked before, it's the 
team that really makes us the way we organize ourselves, the way we drive growth together. And there's no one bit that's more important than the other. You know, Christmas particularly is such a team effort. By the time you get to see our TV spot when it launches, the amount of work that's gone into the range we stock, how we show up in store, how dot com's going to work, the app and how the ad card's going to be. I mean, it's phenomenal. I mean, we're already working on this Christmas already and it's, it's just so exciting. But it is all about the connection of people coming together. And I'm glad that you said about the connection of people coming together because I'm almost like putting myself in your shoes for a second, Pete. Having arrived new in the role, obviously you come with your amazing reputation, not only for what you've delivered, but also who you are as a human, which is an amazing human being and lovely to be around. But you had that task of a team that had your marketing team itself, who have been there for a while, obviously new points needed to be made with new energy, new thinking. And the acknowledgement of cross-functional teams that you're going to need to lead to deliver all of this change within the business and relationships that you're going to have to form, I guess, quite quickly and get people to come with you on that journey and potentially a new journey that there may be varying levels of kind of excitement around. Tell me what that was like and what advice you'd give to others that are in a similar position. It's a great question. I think networks are really important, aren't they? And the relationships you build are really important in any business. Never view yourself as an island, particularly in a team like marketing. I've seen it happen before where marketing almost gets, you know, floats off somewhere in another direction. So one of the critical things for me is going into business, just building really great relationships with people and people seeing that you're someone that could be trusted, who's there to support and makes them not afraid to challenge, but also there to help everybody succeed. And I'm a firm believer that so networks matter, relationships matter. I also think that you've, you've got got to look at the long lens through life is that particularly early on in your career, but even any stage, including where I am now, is you will meet people again. Yeah. And actually those relationships really matter. That it doesn't mean you can't question and challenge and be tough when you need to, but I think you need to build really honest, good relationships that are reflective of the fact that you may meet someone again in five, 10 or 20. A number of people I thought I'd never work with again, not in a bad way that I've ended up working with again or bumped into or seen at events. And actually that is really important that you build really good, strong, honest, open, great relationships that people see you as someone who they can trust and they want in the room in meetings and conversations. That is really, I think, a really important thing. And that's been critical. I think it's critical at TSB, Aviva, Post Office, critical at Boots as well. And I think as well, just showing that actually you can create energy and you get stuff done, you make it happen. You can fix naughty problems. You're not scared. You won't run away from difficult things. Often in any big business, things sometimes get stuck because they're seen as too difficult, too challenging. I love those things. So one of the other things I love to come in is like, well, give me your naughty problems. I like those. I like those. We, you know, Let's find a way. So I get real delight in working with a team and seeing some breakthrough on things that people, for whatever reason, sort of got stuck. And there were certainly a few of those in some of the other previous jobs I've done. So no, it does start with relationships and really investing in those. I naturally like people. I'm interested in people. I love talking to people. That definitely helps. I think my encouragement with whatever business you go into is really build that network up, get to know people, and also be curious about teams outside of marketing. So build your relationships in marketing, but get to know finance, get to know HR, get to know the operational teams. Build that network as wide as you can. It definitely pays back and it definitely helps you. That's great advice. Really great advice. And has there been anything new that you've learned personally about yourself since taking on this new role? Yeah, I think I've learned a lot more about my own resilience, I think, in the sense of retail is wonderful. It's very fast paced. You're constantly going after the next thing. And and I think it's taught me a lot around how driven I am and how much energy I need to bring to certain situations to keep that momentum going. And I probably realized more and more, you know, that bit where you sort of, you feel you've tested yourself in a certain environment, suddenly you're in Mm. another, like I thought the retail banking, when I worked for TSB, I thought, God, this is really, this is fast moving. And then I've come into retail, gone, wow, I've gone literally from walking on a treadmill to running on a treadmill. It's quite a different thing again. So I think it's taught me a lot around my own resilience, the pace in which I can operate. But it has also taught me how, back to that point a moment ago, how much I need others. 
and actually more so in boots than anywhere else is how I can't do this on my own. I need brilliant people around me. And I also need people that can do things that I either haven't got time to do or I can't do. And that's really good. It's been one of the great things about the leadership team I've built is we're all very different, diverse in our thinking and approach to things. And that's also wonderful. So I I think I've also learned to appreciate even more having different people around me and different types of people and having that right mix of challenge and support. So it's a great question because I love learning. And actually, I think if you ever stop learning, I worry, you know, and I think that that bit about being stretched, being challenged, being pushed, evolving, Evolving as a person, evolving as a leader in your approach and what you do is really important. Yeah, I'd worry if I stood still, Abigail, I'd worry if I stood still. So yeah, learning is great. Yeah, and I massively resonate. I'm smiling and nodding as you talk about retail. I remember when I was at Burger King and, you know, I thought FMCG was fast. Nothing like it, you know. A new ad every six weeks, talking about performance of the activities that we've done the day after, because you've got till the whole day to, and you can actually see like the speed and the pace is like nothing else. So yeah, it definitely is a transition period. That's for sure. So those lessons that you've learned about yourself as well around obviously the pace of retail, but also the resilience and the need to bring in new skills that you potentially don't possess and the role of having great people around you, both internally and also externally. Is there anything that you've also learned maybe specifically as a leader in this role? Yes, for this, Rob, I guess it's a build on things I've learned before. I think the really important bit around giving people the freedom to be brilliant and the room to be brilliant, I think is a theme not just in this job, but in a number of previous roles. And I think particularly in Boots, when there's so much work we're doing, so much positive, both change and day-to-day activity we're doing to trade the business, that I've really loved seeing people flourish and grow and be brilliant. So I think it's really important as a leader, You, yeah, I have to set the overall direction. I have to know what, clearly know what we're doing and where we're going and all the plans and be across all the work. But I'd never, ever in a, any situation want to micromanage people. That's, that's just wholly wrong. And I think as you liberating and letting people fly and be brilliant in their own right and what they do and not just be an extension of me, but be their own person, making their own mark in the business as part of the marketing team. And I've learned that in previous roles, but I've seen it even more in this role, the power of doing that, the importance of that. I think with Without that, you end up not giving people the chance to develop their own path. I remember an amazing moment when I worked in insurance where I was being coached by a brilliant guy at the time. I was describing a situation where my natural inkling is to solve problems. I was describing situations where I was getting exhausted because I was literally, people kept coming in my office with a bunch of problems and I was solving them. And he, and he turned to me and said, Pete, you know, you're cheating people out of their development. And I was like, oh, whoa, sharp intake of breath. And he said, what you should be doing when they bring a problem is asking them the question, what do you think we should do about it? And I was like, oh, I said, but actually, I quite I like fixing problems. And he said, you're turning your office into a doctor's surgery and a bunch of patients lining it and you're literally giving that. And so it was quite liberating and go back and, and flip it around and then listen to what other people said. And it was liberating for me and for them. That's my, I guess, the example about letting people fly, letting people be brilliant is it's moments like that of knowing as a leader, I don't need to have all the answers. I can let people be brilliant. And if we face problems, I don't always need to have the answer myself. Actually, as a team, we can solve it or individuals may have an answer or thinking that I don't have. And it could even be and very likely better than something I've thought of, which is amazing. So yeah, so to answer your question, it's taught me a lot around the power of having a great team, liberating people to be brilliant, but also knowing that great ideas come from anywhere. And as a CMO, you don't always need to have all the answers. You don't always need to have all the expertise on everything when you've got amazing people around you. That's what I think great marketing leadership is really about. It's around liberating your team, allowing people to grow and be brilliant and going after exciting stuff together. 
Great answer. So there is something really powerful, isn't there, in, in giving those individuals the space to grow, to have their own path for them to, as you say, own, but also, as you say, to also give them that space for you to be a sounding board for them, not always to give them the answer, but asking the right questions to allow them to arrive at the answers themselves. And actually, when I think back to line managers that I've had, it's those that do that, that in fact, I still have relationships with today that you kind of go to with, to your, use your term, a knotty problem. And they kind of allow you that space to just kind of breathe and go, okay, so what do you think the options are? Okay, so which one do you think you should go with? What do you need from me to make that happen? And it's those that allow you those growth opportunities, but also the support to know that they're there to help you in the thinking to arrive at the answer as well, depending on what state you arrive, whether it's kind of like heightened anxiety or just can't see the wood for the trees. It's just providing that space. And that's so powerful. And I don't think enough leaders do that potentially because they don't have the time or maybe because they don't have the skills or maybe because they don't have the personal understanding themselves, the benefit that coaching brings. And it is really important that we build marketeers holistically, that we are building marketeers that have that personal understanding around themselves and what they need in certain situations. But also what I'm loving about what you're saying, Pete, is that you're providing one of the key things that I talk about, which is great marketing leadership, is that you are actually giving your teams the clarity. So you are giving them the direction. You are giving them the vision. You are giving them routes to get there. And for me, that clarity gets so often overlooked by so many marketing leaders. They're so in the weeds with their team that they actually actually haven't provided the clarity about the race that we are going to win and why we're going to run that race and why that's important for us to do that or inspire or motivate their team behind that. And sometimes that can be so much more powerful than any training course that they're put on that kind of sheet dips their team. Actually, that clarity alone allows them to feel part of something and allows them to see the clarity that they need to deliver towards that and the motivation, as well as providing that clarity and those spaces to ask those coaching questions. What other skills, technical, soft skills, do you help with your team in their development? Yeah, what do we do? I mean, I think there's a whole range of things. So within Walgreens Boots Alliance as a collective business, we have a whole program called My Way. So we've reskilled and upskilled the team in the very latest and the best in digital marketing. Given core skills, you need to do the day job today. Really good, digitally based training that you can use immediately in the day job. We've also put a number of people through the mini MBA in marketing, Mark mm-hmm. Ritson's marketing. We, Mark Ritson is brilliant. The course is brilliant. Both his mini MBAs are fantastic, but a number of people through that as well. And we're very involved with ISBA and the Marketing Society and the Mobile Marketing Association and others. And actually, we've used that as a mechanism to get more people into things like the Ones to Watch program and the Marketing Society. Also, taking part in events with the Marketing Academy and actually through the work Sherilyn does there. And so it's been brilliant to give the team access to some of these things, to meet different people, to network, to go to different events, do courses, to be at events. I think it's a really important part of that learning journey. And then to answer your question on the job, I think it's really important that for myself, my lead team, we, we give people opportunities that will really help in their development. So for example, we've got my full team away day next month. And actually one of the sessions, we're going to get people that just have been through the mini MBA in marketing to present what they've learned, the key learning points to everybody else, which is brilliant because actually they wouldn't otherwise get an opportunity to be on stage on that day. And there's a danger, isn't there, on a away day, it becomes, mm. well, it's me and my lead team and we're running it, we're doing stuff. And look, that could be really helpful if we're downloading on what's coming up. But actually, yeah, how do we create the space to hear from different voices and different team members? And we've done more of that in the last couple of away days. We've had more people on stage, different people. So I do think there's a way to create those opportunities, even with, say, I was presenting creative to someone or presenting some work to someone else on the exec. Well, why not I take the person who has been running that campaign with me? I don't, uh, yeah, I could present it myself and do it. I, I could probably do that because I've done it a number of times. But actually, taking people with you, you've done the work who can then get the experience 
experience. I had it last year where I was presenting Christmas to a very senior member of the, of the WBA team. And I took one of my team and she came from Nottingham and let her run that session. And I was there chipping in, but it was her session to run. And she was utterly brilliant as I thought she'd be, but she'd not been given that opportunity before. Mm. I think more of those moments we create where you can allow people to do things, you know, that maybe you could do it yourself, but actually what, why, when you could give people an amazing learning opportunity alongside all the other things you can do in the day job. So no, I think it's really important to consciously think of those opportunities day to day as well. I love that example, really thinking about what could be a learning opportunity for them or a chance to shine. And imagining that situation is just so powerful. It's like you present, but I've got you if you need me. So you're not only just giving them the opportunity, but they're feeling supported and empowered in that moment as well, which is beautiful. Yeah, I agree. It makes a real difference. It does make a real difference. Well, Pete, thank you so much for your time on today's podcast. It's been brilliant hearing about your journey in the last two years since joining Boots and always a pleasure to spend time with you. It's been great chatting today. Hopefully it won't be another two years before I'm back again. It's been lovely (laughs) chatting again today. Thanks for having me. I couldn't believe it'd been two years when I was preparing for the podcast. I thought it'd been a year. And actually when I spoke to you today and you said, no, I've been here two years, Abby. I was like, okay, that's obviously flown. So yes, we won't allow it to be that long again in the future. So as always, we finish the podcast with the following question. What one piece of advice would you give to marketers of tomorrow? I think the greatest advice would be to be curious about the business you're in and don't stay an island in marketing. Get to know the functions around you. Get to know other people that can help you drive growth and drive your marketing strategy in the business and build a brilliant network with it. That for me is a beautiful recipe. Get that right. Momentum comes with you. That's great advice. Don't be an island. And thank you again so much for your time on today's podcast. Thank you. Thanks, Abby. Thank you for tuning into the Whole Marketer podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do like, follow and share. The Whole Marketer is here to support and empower you and your teams with the latest technical skills, soft and leadership skills and behaviours and personal understanding for a successful, fulfilling marketing career and life as a whole. For support, resources and more information on how we can help you to become a Whole Marketer and build Whole Marketing teams, go to www.thewholemarketer.com. Thank you.